<clears throat> this episode is brought to you by Honeys. One spray, and she says okay. Anyway, today we are talking about psychedelics, and the best person you could talk to about psychedelics is a Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Hello. So, I don't know how in-depth we should go on this. I try and keep my podcast at like 30 minutes or so. If we go over, cool, because I am passionate about it. But I guess we'll just see where it goes. So, let's just start right off the bat. Why do you like psychedelics? Um, there's definitely multiple reasons and answers to that question. Everyone has their own answer to it. Some people like to just party, have fun, and then there's a spiritual side to it. Um, for me personally, it's about connection. So if I'm doing any type of psychedelic with someone else, I am analyzing how well my thoughts and that person's thoughts connect, really. Like, if it's, a, it's for a social reason, that is what I'm doing. Like, how relevant it is in that situation, how it applies to you, and why it's important or not important? Um, yeah, basically. Um, if it's with someone else, then... I'm focused on the connection between me and that person that I'm tripping with. If it's by myself, then it's more to get my own thoughts in order. If I go a long time without, um, I can see myself becoming, I guess, going down a road that I'm not really comfortable with. And then when I actually take a step back, trip alone, think about how my life's going, reflect, where I want it to go, it makes me feel more sane in that time. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I would kind of agree. It's, it didn't start off that way. Um, how did you start in the world of psychedelics? Okay, so I started when I was 18. 18, okay, so you're two years younger than I was. And at that point, I was just looking for the next step. I only been smoking weed for about a year and I felt I was ready to do the next adventure in life. I had no idea where it was going to go. Not medicinal, not nope. healing or it was, spiritual. It was same. pure curiosity. Yes, I was the same. It's like, I'm going to get fucked up. This will be fun. Mm -hmm. Little did I fucking know. Mm -hmm. And then what spoke to me most about those experiences is the three people that I did it with, I did it with only those three people for the next year. Oh, really? Interesting. So it was a very controlled environment for mm -hmm. that time. How many times did you partake in that year? Um, we were doing it um, at minimum a couple times a month, at maximum once a week. Dang. Maybe. Okay. And so this was... is why you have a Kyle on, because... <laughs> I think I've tripped maybe a total of 20 times in my life, something like that. So you're well, well beyond where, where I'm at. What I noticed about that was the fact that I only would do it with those three people and nobody else. Was that comfortable or did it get bland after a while? It was always comforting okay. to know that these are the people I'm going into it with. 
these are the people that I'm coming out of it with, the connection between myself and that group of people, I feel it strengthened that bond that like we were a group that did that together. We didn't do it without each other. We, it, it was. Well, and, and that is a compliment to those people and you, cause they included you in it as well, because it is a very private matter and mm. how you sort life through and you become extremely vulnerable or at least you feel very vulnerable and to not have accepting people in that group is almost like you can't stand it another time and so that's cool that after the first time not only did it you did it another time but you did it many times after that so mm -hmm. that, that is really cool i can see that being a very deep connection mm -hmm. okay so 18 you did it many times and when did it when did it become more than just a party drug um i think it was i think while doing it those first few times i knew yeah yeah the, like the first time right like this is not what it seems yeah 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 we made we made it a party thing sure but the whole time i knew that it went so much deeper than that and looking back at all the years that i had been doing it it had went from something that was supposed to be a party thing to something that I look for. I look for people who can be on the same vibe and wavelength with me in that state of mind. I feel those people are much more closer to me personally, spiritually. Those are the people that I want in my life permanently. Yeah, I could add to that even maybe like, you know, we were all partiers right we all like getting fucked up drinking we did other drugs we experimented you know all of that but it seems like at the end of the party at the end of the day or you know, the beginning of the morning you know however it really went down like other drugs it kind of pushed people away or it was a much more selfish endeavor and it didn't have the reward Whereas anytime I tripped with other people, I felt very connected. I felt like it was very worthwhile. I felt like improved as a person. And I think maybe growing up Mormon, I had an unfound knowledge or appreciation of philosophy. Because if you think about it, religion is a philosophy on life, whether it be, you know, credited or not, you know, they have good things to them. And so maybe going down psychedelics, it brought me closer to people through philosophy because I did talk a lot of philosophy when I was on it, whereas other drugs, it was just about getting fucked up. So for me, uh, as opposed to talking about philosophy, it was music. Music is really was the connection. Oh, there. I never did that. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I noticed very quickly that music sounds unreal on these drugs oh, shit. it's just to learn yeah you can't really explain the amount of how much better it is interesting and so if you find people that have your same music taste the first those three people they all had the same music taste as me so very cool we all like the same bands and wow you know that's another thing going into it you just turn on the music because you want it to be more of a party and then you notice that it's not the same yeah not at all interesting yeah, because when I when I started psychedelics, I thought it was just a visual thing. Like this will be cool. I'm gonna see stuff, mm -hmm. and it did not start that way. You know, until a couple hours in or whatever, and then the stuff came in. But it was almost like less profound than the the thoughts and feelings that you had before that. Mm -hmm. I like how 
the paradigm changes and certain things become more important and certain things become less important while you're on that. I think that's a good way to, and that's what I mean by when I do it alone, um, I get in a better mindset. I can separate those priorities. I understand what the argument that I was mad about the other day, it, it really didn't matter. Like I shouldn't have gotten that worked up for it. At the yep. same time, now I'm valuing what I should have been valuing in that yeah. time. It's better to be together than correct kind of philosophy, looking back yes. on it kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. For sure. Why argue the small things when it's all small? Okay. All right. Um, anything else you want to add to your background on that? Um, uh, I started with LSD. That was the very first psychedelic I did. Before my, so you did LSD before mushrooms? Yes, I did I LSD. Know. How Were you scared? I was nervous, but I knew that that was never going to change, whether it was mushrooms or LSD. It didn't matter. I was going to be nervous doing something new. Really? Maybe, and maybe that's why I like mushrooms more, because the first time I tripped was on mushrooms. That's very possible. Interesting. Um, then I did mushrooms later and could kind of differentiate the two and there is a difference oh yeah big difference uh, in my personal opinion mushrooms are more uh they can get more emotional and personal but they're also easier for me to make a party thing i would much rather do mushrooms in the daytime in the forest with a bunch of people and i would much rather do acid with my very closest people oh well then i'll take that as a compliment thank you <laughs> of course <laughs> Right on. Yeah, you were the first person to introduce me to LSD, and my buddy John, back in Olympia, he introduced me to mushrooms. Oh, and you also came through with DMT as well, mm -hmm. so you're kind of like my Sherpa in some ways <laughs> to this. You know, I called myself a psychonaut before I met you, but it had been 10 years since I had... Mm -hmm. uh, partake in a long time and so you were very accepting and trusting and i'm glad that we're still friends to this day of course it was fun that was fun tripping with you hopefully we can do it again maybe get some uh, electric power bikes and ride around <laughs> seattle or something that was always fun yeah the first time you do it you want to be like in a safe comfortable place once you're good with that you may even get a little bored of it and you might want to go outside try some power bikes yeah 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 don't yeah first time don't do that for sure okay well let's talk about the position that psychedelics are in today it seems obviously it's better than it was 10 years ago obviously it's better especially better than it was 20 years ago but it's still not like it was back in the 60s but you could even say that it became stigmatized because the hippies went too far one way and then nixon went too far the, pendulum. the other way yes the pendulum swings too far the first time so 2020 mushrooms are decriminalized in denver oakland and potentially oregon come if you're in oregon come on oregon let's go <laughs> but why do you feel like uh mushrooms and, or i should just say psychedelics are criminalized and why do you think they should stay criminalized or do you think they should be completely legalized do you think there should be stipulations like over 21 or medical setting is it going to be a 10-year grind before it happens like okay so the reason psychedelics first became illegal was during a huge draft 
and people were protesting the draft saying drop acid not bombs okay and that was very bad for the government and that's why they would want that shut down illegal they don't want people i guess finding peace they'd rather them just living their lives and doing their thing um today the reason they're starting to get more accepted is because psychologists are finding medical pro- medical benefits and properties to these drugs. Uh, LSD has now been scientifically proven to give to someone who is on the verge of death, and they will become more accepting with the fact that they're about to die. I think that's psilocybin as well. Okay, it may be both. Mm-hmm. LSD too, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, where do you want it to be? As far as the legality of it? Yes, and and public perception. Um, Public perception, I think, needs to be improved of it. Um, Too many people look at the law and they say it's illegal for a reason. We just need to trust that. Um, I think public perception needs to see that it's not what it's made out to be, that it is what it is. On the legality side of it, um, I've seen people experience very bad trips. Yes, me too. And I don't encourage someone who has that brain structure to continue doing this to themselves if that's the way it is. Maybe they just need to get used to it. It's not. I don't, not, I don't think. I don't see how it's addictive at all. I, oh, it's absolutely. I not. love it. There is no. I could do tendency. it once a year and be good because yes. it's such a powerful experience. Yes. And there is absolutely no physical dependency or physical withdrawal symptoms from any of these drugs. It is completely not addictive. Um, it's chemically safe, hundred yes. percent chemically. It's safer than tobacco, safer than weed, safer than yes. alcohol. The only time people ever die from this drug is if they uh, mentally freak out and then end up doing something to harm themselves. That's what that's what Dennis McKenna says. It's that it's completely safe. It's physically safe, but it gives you dangerous ideas. Yes. At least according to the government. And I wouldn't even say just the government. It's not just government conspiracies. Like, I don't know. Like, the the amount of idiocracy that I see, I don't know if everyone... I wouldn't recommend the whole world take drugs or take psilocybin or take LSD because Um, everyone needs a paradigm shift, but not everyone needs a trip. I think this is what we're going to find out with weed becoming more and more legalized, uh, that people can handle it. Oh, that's a good idea. I think that's what's going to happen. And then when, then we take a step further and see if people can handle that, we take a step further and eventually we'll hit the wall where we see this is not a good thing. And I think that line is almost here. I would not suggest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a very good point because when you ingest THC, that is not smoking it that it is a very different high and yes. you could almost call it a i wouldn't call it a very low dose but a i would say half the effects of mushrooms you feel on ingested thc so if you want to become paranoid and anxious and insightful but you don't want any of the visuals or whatever then you know go with just ingesting thc so if you can handle 10 milligrams or 20 milligrams of THC ingested, not smoked, then maybe you could step up to mushrooms or LSD. I could see that. I would definitely smoke it first before ingesting. I would agree, but I'm just talking about as a trip level because I don't see smoking it. It's a stepping stone. Yeah, smoking it is, I feel, more euphoric than eating it. Yes. Okay. I'll agree with that. Okay. Uh, Eating it is more for the long term and like 
relaxing with it. If you want to have a good full night with it, that's what I would go with. Okay. Um, one thing that I do appreciate about mushrooms, uh, or I, I should just say psychedelics, because I do appreciate LSD and DMT, even though that's really another <laughs> entirely different topic. But one thing that I, I, I don't know if it's probably, you know, a mixture of just growing up maturation, becoming more prideful, you know, getting, you know, becoming a truck driver, you know, becoming a father and a husband and, you know, doing those things moderately successful to where I'm at least still doing them and feeling confident in that. But also as I was having these trips, I was seeing myself from a different paradigm and kind of understanding that I am just human. I am going to make mistakes, but I am unique and it kind of helped melt away some of my self-esteem issues, my anxiety issues. Cause it's like, no matter where you are, there you are. So you might as well just accept you are, you know, people aren't going to see you as a weirdo. They don't read your thoughts, like just accept who you are and what you're doing. And that's okay. Cause other humans do what you're doing. Like it's not weird. How did psychedelics help you improve as a human? So for me, when I trip, that is like what you're saying, the step out of reality. So I can look at myself from a step back. And while I'm currently on them, I have no anxiety, no depression, no all of those negative feelings and emotions that I get on a day to day basis that aren't as bad as what some people have. But I have a feeling that a lot of people have that anyways. I don't have that. So I get that step back and I can look at my life without all of that negative stuff jumbled in there, into sure. my decisions, into as factors of what I'm going to do. Is that because you're so compelled into the experience that you're forgetting that? Or how are you losing that side of reality? The negative aspects? Yeah. I can't really explain that. It's just not there in my normal sober... It's just a euphoric feeling? In my day-to-day -day life, uh, these negative things kind of contribute to my daily decisions anyways. Because, um, for example, if I'm at a drive through I want to do it really fast because I'm nervous that the guy behind me is upset with me that I'm taking too yeah. long. Just that's just an example. Well, that wouldn't happen if I was tripping. Not I'm just I'm just a human doing my thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I so I get to that. take that break out of reality. I get to let all those negative things go and then truly think about it. Like, was that really rational? Um, is that something I should work on? Or was that a healthy fear? Okay. So you kind of, it's almost like you're still present, but you feel more like a Hawkeye view yes. on things. You get, some people call it mouse view or first person perspective where you're, you're so focused on something. And I think that's another way to just kind of, sobriety isn't really sobriety in a way, because it's like people have their inclinations to, you know, work a lot or, you know, go down other avenues, you know, but people become so focused. And I wonder if they feel so focused on something because they feel judged. So do you think your values of judgment change when you're tripping or how do, how do you think that your perspective changes? Is it as far as like judging others or others? No, judging yourself, judging yourself. We're always making judgments everywhere we go, but obviously the grasp of reality or the 
idea of reality changes. I'm definitely more accepting. Um, say I get in an argument with someone and I don't know why, but that argument just made me super angry and like things are said, it get, can get bad, like any argument. Say I were to trip the next day and think back to it, I'm definitely more accepting like it's okay that I got angry. I probably shouldn't have. Now I can see that that was probably an irrational response. Um, I can see a clearer perspective of that entire thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm less harsh on myself and I'm less harsh on others. All right. Have you heard the term spiritual bypass? I have not. Okay. So this isn't necessarily related to psychedelics. It's almost an attack on woke culture and, you know, you're part of a group and you feel like your group is correct, whatever it is. Okay. And let's just say you become too focused on that group, that group's belief. And so you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, spiritual bypass could kind of be like, you feel so confident that you are correct, that you don't have to listen to other people's perspectives because you already have done the work and you've seen the, you know, so you're gonna, I don't know, for example, it's like, you just like someone's having a bad day and they're talking to you about it. And you're just like, if you're spiritually bypassed, you're just like, well, it's cool, man. You just got to like chill out, bro. And just accept yourself. But really you didn't listen to their specific problems that are currently affecting them at that time. Mm -hmm. It's definitely empathy has a lot to do with it. Right. And I, I feel like mushrooms definitely add or psychedelics add empathy to, you know, our lives. But I feel like if you rely on psychedelics alone as how you're becoming woke, I feel like you the pendulum swings too far and now you're missing the point as well. Even though I definitely say mushrooms are an improvement and an advantage to us, but how, how do you feel about someone attacking you saying, oh, you're just spiritually bypassing? You think you're woke because you had an experience, but really you never left anywhere and you're still back here. Um, a common saying that I have is everyone thinks they're right. And I've gotten irritated at people before when they say something like, I know I'm right, because everyone thinks they're right. I think I'm right. You think you're right. Everyone thinks they're right. Simple as that. So what I like to do is take a step back from that and say, I don't know I'm right. Uh, you don't know you're right is more commonly how I say it, <laughs> probably. <laughs> the, you so the, you know. still have an ego. You have yeah, to melt away. Of course. But like, of course. My point there being, you don't know you're right. Like, we can talk about this and figure this out. But just the start is you have to accept you don't know you're right. And like, that's something I definitely need to work on too with myself. But I mean, we're all, all projecting our inner thoughts and we're trying to, you know, get along. But I don't, I mean, it's not really that bad. Mm hmm. Um, when did you go from party drug to more of philosophy and a lifestyle? So the three people that I started that trip group with was a party group. Like, even though all along I knew this was so much more, that was the reason that we did it, was to have fun and to party. Same. So when you go through life, people come, people go. When that group 
left my life and I started becoming more independent, um, giving other people that experience to see if they can become a new form of that group to me. That's when I kind of have more control to teach them how I would prefer to view this drug rather than a, this is a party, it's a, have this spiritual experience with me. Knowing what you know now, do you feel more compelled to get people to try it or less compelled? So I have taken somewhere between 20 and 30 new people out on trips. No shit. Yes. Damn, sure, <laughs> Kyle. Um, That's actually probably very good for the world. But anyway, I'm listening. <laughs> well, see, that's how I felt about it. You kind of qualified them as well, right? Before you even did it. Like, you think they can handle it kind of yes, thing? Yes. Yes. And what I've learned from that is you will never be able to tell if someone can handle it. The first 20 people that I've given it to um, handled it just fine. And they this was earlier, so they were even younger than the people now. Interesting. People more recently, I've give them my own screening, which is not much, it's do I think you're sane, and they still didn't handle it well, which now makes me more nervous, and now I'm actually more reserved to give these to people. I would I, be. I've had scary experiences from the other person having, well, scarier experiences. Um, okay, let's go, in, let's go into that. Let's go into scary. I don't know how specific you want to be, but... How can you, I mean, it's always a crapshoot with people that are new, but let's, let's just talk to the general public. All two people are going to be listening to this, <laughs> but what would you recommend people that don't necessarily know what they're getting into? Like we did, mm -hmm. what would you, what would you tell them to kind of help prevent that quote unquote bad trip? Um, the best way or the best chance to not have one, there are some tips you can do. Make sure you're in a good mindset is a common one you hear. You need to be with people that you trust. Do not do it alone your first time just in case or yeah. else it oh, gets God. bad. <laughs> <laughs> people you trust, um, comfortable environment, somewhere you're familiar with, probably your home if that's a safe environment. What if they're in an abusive relationship? If they are currently in an abusive yes. relationship? Um, I probably would not advise them to do... Selfishly, I wouldn't want to do it with them. Unless I super loved this person and, like, was willing to go to bat for that person and carry them through that six to eight hours, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to do it. Just selfishly. Because, because that's what they're going to want to talk about. It would be about. an awakening for them. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think it would be good for them. But at the same time, selfishly, it's like, fuck, that's a long time to it's babysit to this guy. Unbag. Even though it's probably going to help them get the fuck out of at, that relationship. At that, point, at that point, you're not babysitting. You are taking the role of a therapist. I would agree, considering how joke of fucking therapists are these days. But <laughs> yeah. I, so, so do you think if, if you, let's say, you know, they're saying they, you know, they're not going to freak out. Okay. But they are in a negative mind state. Would you give it to them? Would you Sherpa them? I personally would try to encourage them to fix their life before trying these. While trying these could potentially do the fixing for them. That or at least that could be such an start intense the fire experience. to get them to fix it. Yeah, that could 
that could still be such an intense experience that they can actually blame the drug rather than their own issues in their life. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. One of I grew up in Florida, you know, until like kindergarten, and we had an old friend. His name was Jimmy, and he, when we met up years later um, down in Utah, he had told me that he, that he had tried acid, and it was the worst experience of his life. He kept looking at the clock, and he just could, he would minutes felt like hours, and it was the longest eight hours of his entire life. I think he said twelve hours, and he said he hates it. He would never recommend it. He'd no back up to it. He didn't have a bad trip per se like he didn't freak out then again i was just it was just anecdotal i wasn't there to see how he handled it mm -hmm. obviously it probably wasn't a great environment that he was in but i was just like oh fuck i don't want to try this at all i couldn't be around someone like that that would make me nervous and know? i've been in that situation before um how do you deal with that okay so out of the 20 to 30 that i've taken out about maybe four or five have had bad experiences all but one, it was because of something that was going on that they were just overwhelmed with. That one in particular was a nightmare to be in that situation because it wasn't about his mental state. It was his reaction to the drug. He went into a DMT-like dream state for the entirety of the acid trip is, is around so eight bananas. hours. For about the first five to six hours, he was just not there. And then when he came out of it, he wasn't actually out of it. He was just awake now. And that's how he referred to it. He's like, I'm waking up. I'm waking up. And I just had to guide through him. Like, you're going to keep waking up and it's all going to be fine. Yeah. And it was... You chose to do this. <laughs> and he didn't even realize that. Oh, that is dreamlike. <laughs> yes. That is dreamlike. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So... I don't know how much longer you want to go. Do you want to touch like ecstasy or DMT or anything like that? Um, I, I'm definitely down for ecstasy. I'm not too knowledgeable about DMT. I've never, I've done it, but I've never you, actually You brought it to it. me and I took that yeah, heroic dose. Yeah, so I that guess was, you were the guinea pig for me I on was, that one. man. That was a life-changing experience there. All right. Okay. Well, let's, yeah, let's talk about ecstasy. I, it's not a mainstream psychedelic, mm. but it you know, especially when you're talking about medicinal values, it's not just LSD and psilocybin that's getting the benefits right now. A lot of people are studying MDMA specifically and how it helps soldiers with PTSD. Mm -hmm. You know, what is your experience with ecstasy and what does it bring medicinally to the psychedelic realm? So ecstasy I did for my first time, I don't even think a year ago. <laughs> whoa that's yeah. young i yeah first time i tried i was 16 and then i stopped at 16 it was something i just felt like it was it could have been too addictive or in my brain i took yeah. a lot i didn't drink a lot of water and my brain kind of felt mushy the next day so i knew it was not a natural drug it's, it's not the safest one um so I've always heard that ecstasy is a party drug. It is a rave drug. You want to go to a rave and do it. <laughs> and for the longest time before I tried it, that's exactly what I wanted to use it for. And then I thought I should be safe and do it, you know, in my home with someone I trust before I actually go out to a rave okay, and do it that. Makes sense to me. And what I'm learning, what I learned from that one time was it will never be a party drug for me. Ecstasy is about empathy. 100%. I can't, I can't express the level of empathy that 
that you will get from taking it. I wanted to hug everyone. Like my stupid crew that I hung out for like maybe three months before I tried ecstasy. Like those were my dogs and I was going to die with them. Like it was, they were like, I love them so much. Not logically. I mean, logically, I think I was thinking, okay, but emotionally I was overwhelmed with love and just the adoration for that and wanting to just have social uh, conversations with them and, and experiences with them. Cause it was so mm-hmm. meaningful at that time. Like it was just, and it wasn't like sexual at all. It was just absolute mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. The name ecstasy really does give it its name that for a reason. And I feel like bad trip wise, I don't think you can trip, you know, negatively on, on ecstasy. It's like not you really could tripping on in it's, my it's, opinion. It's more of like a body high than, I mean, there is some visual to it. There's definitely a mental part to it too. I just wouldn't consider it tripping because I've always known acid and mushrooms to be tripping. Yeah. But Serotonin is like what it really, I mean, I know that the that DMT or the, all the psychedelics, the mainstream psychedelics, they hit the serotonin. Yes. But ecstasy, it's almost like it's on turbocharge or something like that. Ecstasy is definitely a different level, maybe not a different level, but a different wavelength. It's, um, less scary than doing acid acid uh can go bad and shrooms can go bad i will i will agree with that but ecstasy even after like after doing it i can't see how it would really go bad it's not that it's weak it's not weak it's just that you are in such a happy and calming mood that anything you're stressing about wouldn't really be there while you're on there, whereas acid wants you to fight your demons and confront them, ecstasy would kind of let you ignore them. Sex on ecstasy, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> would you recommend it to other people? Yes, that is. I've experience. never done it, but I could just imagine <laughs> it being Banini's. That is an experience that I feel it's an aspect of life. Like I've always, the reason I started drugs in the first place was because I wanted to experience what those experiences would be in my lifetime. And that is one experience that would, that was on my bucket list. And yeah, you know, it was amazing. (laughs) Now, have you had sex since that? Since doing that? Since ecstasy, you had sex on ecstasy and then compare it to sex, not on ecstasy. Yes. Okay, so can you go back to sober sex? Is basically what I'm trying to get at. Oh, you, you definitely can. Is it a disappointment? Like you feel no. like you have to be on ecstasy now for the rest of your life? Because then it's like you don't do ecstasy, folks. No, that's not how it works <laughs> at all. It's not um, like uh, heroin, or I don't even know. I've never tried that shit. But uh, <laughs> it seems like people can't handle like regular life after. The, yeah, yeah. Fuck no, that. It's fuck not like that. that. Um, s- sex on ecstasy is very connective like that whole drug is connective and empty so take a connective drug and do a connective act and it's just (laughs) don't do this with your ex folks (laughs) (laughs) it's a bonding experience yeah hell yeah for sure okay all right right on anything else you want to add on mdma mdma um Maybe I'll think of it. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to jump over to DMT then? Uh, sure. All right. So thank you. Because we always had a deal when we were working together that whoever <laughs> ran into it first would call the other one and yep. help us through. And then uh, according to... to m- yeah. So thank you. You're the man. Um, 
According to Joe Rogan, you don't want to take one hit. You don't want to take two hits. You want to take as much as you possibly can to break through. Because if you don't, you're just kind of going to go on a rush and then land and you're going to feel disappointed. Whereas if you go full on to fully experience this drug, you're going to get past that rush and you're going to go into another realm. Which I did, thanks to you with your huge-ass bubbler. I don't know how big that hit was, but it was... Man, I knew I had to do some work to get it down, but man. I My idea was to do it uh, closed-eye. Because I heard, you know, at this point, you know, I understood that psychedelics was more than just a visual experience. It was a spiritual experience and all that. But after I had exhaled with my eyes closed, it became such a powerful experience that I know, I know my eyes were open but it was still a different realm basically. So how I could describe it was maybe a 15 second to 30 second onset. So I remember taking this huge, huge hit and exhaling, closing my eyes, and then it turned gray. And you know, the, the eyeballs on the, the angular eyeballs that kind of come in on a spiral that, that, so it was, you know, you know, infinite eyeballs staring at me or whatever coming in swirling at me and but at the middle of this swirl was this living cube coming at me first it was gray then it was pink then it was red and then it became like green and multicolored and i broke through this living moving cube and i think that's when i opened my eyes to be honest because it was just such an experience i've never had before and i remember blasting through all of that and then i was just lines upon lines, you know, the, the fractal realm, if you will, was, I was in that, in some sort of domed experience and it was disassociative. I had basically forgotten who I was. I didn't know who I was. It was just this, I was just one with everything, with all these crazy feelings and visuals. Audio was looping in and out, you know, it was like a, like a detached echoing sound um, almost like deja vu everywhere, fra everything, you know, I saw eight or nine of everything within itself. I was all enclosed. Everything was connected. And then I think about minute two, minute and a half, two minutes, you're like, it's, I think, I don't know if you had said something or you had tried something or whatever. And then I had, at that point I had realized that I was not everything i was still me i was still mm -hmm. kelly and i was like oh shit i'm this guy <laughs> oh yeah oh i remember him <laughs> and then it became just this domed experience fractal experience where i saw everything was connected to everything but i had started focusing on my breathing a lot and i think you tried some like different visual things but i was so far gone <laughs> that it was just it was so like time had slowed down time had stopped time didn't matter and about, I think it was after like five or six minutes, I think, or maybe, maybe probably around that time, it kind of stopped being that. And then it became like a very strong visual acid experience, just where there was a lot of wavy, waviness going on and pretty, you know, the colors were brighter and just things felt beautiful and it, you could appreciate everything. And then it kind of winded down to less... You know, I was still like unnerved by the whole experience. So I was just sitting on your bed and you were very patient with me. So thank you. But, you know, it was just like getting my grips with reality, understanding that we're all connected and we we're too busy 
we're so busy with life that, you know, we don't take time to appreciate all the small shit and everything that's small is just as beautiful as everything that's big. But we're so focused on America that we forget how important everything is. Um, it was just, I, I could do it again. I will do it again, but it's, that is not something I could do on the weekends. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, I feel connected with everything. I, I'm like, I, when you, you, that even brings up near death experiences, you know, when people die and come back, I feel like, you know, I went, I saw the light, I went through the light and I felt connected with everything. I didn't meet, you know, entities per se, even though I felt like there was a presence there, mm -hmm. like a super powerful force outside of all of us. I didn't meet any entities, but I feel like you could later. And I'd be willing to do that. Rogan kind of told me a lot about this, but he, last time he tripped on DNT, he said there was jokers jumping around, flipping them off. And it wasn't an offensive thing. It was more like, you're taking this too seriously. Like, oh. you know, just be, just be human. You know, you're not going to solve it all. You're just a monkey spinning in space. Just be a good human. Mm -hmm. You know, d d you don't, don't solve the world's problems. You can't, you're a dumb human. You're a dumb monkey. So just good luck. Humbling experience. Yeah. Oh, extremely humbling. And I, and I, I've heard people that die and they say they, they expand to the room and then they expand to the town and then they expand to the country and then they expand to the universe and they understand everything that's going on in the universe. Well, I didn't get there, mm -hmm. but I could see how it could get there because I was not me. I had, I had grown out to it. It was, you know, if, if you had done acid and mushrooms at the same time, I don't think I could have got there. You know, it's a naturally occurring chemical. I have done those two at the same time. <laughs> How was that? Um, personally, I wasn't really a fan of it. I prefer acid to mushrooms any day of the week. Did the mushrooms overtake? No, but... Because there's more chemicals in mushrooms. LSD's one chemical. Yeah, so I took a relatively good dose of LSD and a okay dose of mushrooms. Relatively low on both because I knew I was taking them both. And neither one really fought the other. I could literally feel them both and differentiate. Okay, that's really? from the mushrooms. Now that's, and that's crazy. Acid. Wow. See now, and new people, there's no way. I mean, no. First twenty times doing it, you couldn't get to that level. No. So yeah, that's like next level shit. So right there. I wasn't a fan of it because I prefer acid to mushrooms, and it almost felt like the mushrooms were getting in the way of my acid trip. Ha. Okay, but interesting. It, it was an experience, and it was definitely cool to be able to notice the difference between the two wow okay what about candy flipping or ecstasy and mushrooms or ecstasy and lsd is that recommended do you like it what were your thoughts on i've that? actually never done that um whoa neither have i okay well we <laughs> don't have to spend to. too much time on it. yeah i mean drink lots of water don't get overheated and uh make sure you rest before you do that and after but i also want to uh, try that as well all right um, I had this list here of people that I thought needed a shout out for this. So Duncan Trussell and the show Midnight Gospel on Netflix. He has a great show, Highly Duncan Trussell Family Hour. But yeah, Midnight Gospel. If you're afraid of acid, don't want to try acid, but you're curious about acid, watch Midnight Gospel. Because then you'll feel like you're on acid at least <laughs> a little bit with all the visuals and distractions and mm -hmm. uh, metaphorical analysis and philosophy going on there. They did such a good job mm -hmm. with that with that show. Um. Alex Gray with the amazing art, um, kind of where the the body is only like blood vessels, veins, arteries, um, and like spiritual experiences connected to an outer realm. Alex Gray does 
amazing uh, art. He has a great podcast called uh, Church of Sacred Mirrors or Cosm. We should go, that's like a bucket list for psychedelic people. Like you and I should go there. I think it's over in like Philadelphia or Pennsylvania or something like that over on the East Coast. Terrence McKenna, he was hugely um, influential in psychedelics. I still fall asleep to him on YouTube. Um, Alan Watts, not necessarily into psychedelics, but into deep philosophy, Taoism, Eastern Buddhism, all of that. You know, I obviously, I think when you trip, you start to understand why Eastern philosophy makes more sense than Western Christianity and its interconnectedness. Um, also Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, the psychedelic rock back in the day that made me want to try, um, I think. Great Gig in the Sky was like hugely influential for me. I'm like, oh, that was probably an amazing song on psychedelics, yet I've not actually listened to it while I've been on psychedelics. <laughs> Look how awesome I am. Uh, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, they always talk about the benefits of psychedelics and, you know, adding empathy. Um, After School on YouTube, Paul Stamets, the great mycologist. He, if you can listen to him on Joe Rogan, he's great. Uh, when you dream, they say that DMT is actually flooding your brain. I don't know how true that is, but that makes me feel like next time I do try DMT, I won't think of it as a near-death experience, but as a dreaming experience. Hamilton Morrison, he's about to come out with another season of Hamilton's Psychopharmacopia, something like that, Pharmacopia, I can't remember. He has a show, which is great. Uh, Infected Mushroom and Crystal Method, when I kind of <laughs> came to my tripping time, I always thought those were like, rave music or whatever which kind of brought me to that mario bros and the mushrooms <laughs> i thought that was influential and then also you when i went to the utah boys ranch uh which was like a correctional facility for kids and that's when i learned about dmt because they said the only time you're going to experience dmt is when you're born you die or you have a near-death experience and i didn't know about that and i also didn't know you could smoke it but those are the guys that introduced me into there's way more than just sobriety anything else you want to add to this um yeah i think you hit the nail on the head there you don't listen to you don't follow or listen to anyone else that kind of isn't active in the psychedelica world um i mean okay shout out to i think you actually tagged me to something on facebook i think either is called liquid love or used to be called liquid love i think it's still liquid love on okay. facebook definitely that one they have so many videos uh trippy music videos all that and it's really just a forum so if you have questions you can join that group ask a question yeah. and somebody will answer yeah. there's a thousand kyles on liquid love <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay right on man well i really appreciate you doing this man of course you're I hope to keep you in my realm of friendship. <laughs> All right. Well, 46 minutes in. I think we did pretty good. So, and thanks for listening. Seven people, two people, one people, whatever. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs>